0: This is a Podfire Production. A big shout out to the Burley Brewing Co. who've come on board and supplied us with beer and some other bits and pieces for our podcasts. And to Podfire, the best goddamn podcast posting platform on the planet. We couldn't do this without any of you guys. This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. G'day guys, welcome to Awesome Humans, I'm your host Brett McCallum and we're here to bring you the biggest, makes a big difference today as well, brightest humans we can find off this amazing planet of ours. Today's Awesome Human is IFBB pro bodybuilder Sam Pierce, a man who lives by the mantra nobody in life will give you anything for free to always work for the things that you want is someone I really want to have a chat with. At the age of 21, he won an elite title on the world stage. He's a civil engineer by trade, a previous nightclub bouncer. Now he's a professional bodybuilder on the world stage. He's a beast of a human and a bloody good bloke as well. This is going to be a fun ride, this one. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me on. No worries, um, buddy.
1: How yeah, you doing? I'm good. The only part you forgot to mention was uh, I'm losing some hair. I'm so yeah, age. I mean,
0: I was going to say that, but I thought we'd get into that a bit later. <laughs> I actually saw a photo of you earlier today when you were bald. Yeah, I, I, well, I used to shave my head
1: um, oh, eight to 10 weeks out from a show so that everyone would say, okay, he's getting ready for something, you know. So, by like, oh, okay. so my, my superstitious kind of thing, I used to do, but now I'm trying to hold on to every strand I got. And yeah. um, my missus won't let me cut it off. Oh, um, really? Yeah, well, she doesn't want a bald she doesn't want my kid to have a bald dad just yet.
0: So Just yet. Yeah. Well, man, it's not far away. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon you go with the cul de sac look, you know, just the, the little bit around the back and sides. I reckon <laughs> that'd be good. A pro bodybuilder <laughs> with a cul de sac haircut. Yeah, start your fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Hey mate, the first thing I always like to do when we do this podcast is, what's your first ever memory? How far back can you go?
1: First ever memory? Um, first, first ever memory. Look, I I actually have a pretty good memory, believe it or not, Yeah. but I'm originally from the Central Coast and I still remember- Central Coast, New South Wales? Gosford. No, I was actually born in Gosford, lived in Terrigal. Born and bred at the entrance, my friend. Oh, no way. There okay. we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. My, my, one of my sisters still lived down the entrance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we moved up here when we were about, I was about five years old, but I do remember, I have, I've got some good memories when I was younger back then. So we we're down there. And funny enough, uh, over Christmas time, I took my partner down. Well, um, she was pregnant at the time. And I just passed through, we we're going down to Mollymook where my parents' holiday house is for Christmas. And I just stopped through, uh, Terrigal and met up with my uncle and that. But it's funny, I actually still knew where I lived. So, (laughs) but from back when you were five, what's the, what's the, what's the name of that main street through Terrigal ocean, ocean parade, ocean parade, is it? Yeah. Ocean parade. Anyway, I knew the street when I saw it, I said, I think, I reckon I know I could find out where we used to live. So I drove and I didn't know the exact number or anything. I just kind of looked, looked for the house with the one out, the little granny flat at the front. So I called my dad. I said, Hey dad, what's the, what's the number we used to live at? And he said, it was 13. I can't remember the number, whatever it was. And that was it. That so was the house. That's probably one of my first memories, that house. Um, yeah, grew up there. I, was, I had two older sisters um, I was living with, two older sisters that were uh, living away from home and um, can't really remember my younger brother back then. Um, he was born because he's only two years younger than me, but yep. I couldn't really remember him much, now How much older are your sisters? So my two sisters from my mum's side, they're uh, 10 and 12 years older. Okay. And then from my dad's side, they're 20 and 22 years older. Wow. Yeah. So six of us in total. Six of us in total. Yeah, two two from from my mum and dad together. Yep, which is me and Jack, my, my younger brother. But yeah,
0: wow. And did you all ever live in the one place, or are they all sort of?
1: No, my, the world? My, my two oldest, um, they one's always stayed in the Central Coast the whole life. Um, the other one moved up here. Um, she didn't live with us, but she's always kind of just she's she's got her own family and stuff. But she moved up to Madura on the Gold Coast there. Yep, um, two older sisters that I've always kind of lived with. Um, they were like another mothering role as well because I was that little bit older. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they did a lot of looking after us and babysitting. And so were, you the, were you the golden child, or were you the? Oh, I, you know, it, you, you know, it's, it's funny. It's child. funny you say the exact golden child because my sisters and younger brother used to always say that.
0: But you were the golden child. My brother's definitely
1: child. the golden child. Um, <laughs> I, I think. I think I just took took opportunity when it kind of came in front of me. To be honest, yeah. um, I, I think just yeah, my, my dad, he never really favoured anyone. I really don't think. As much as they say that, I think he just kind of you know he's very generous for even though we were kind of lower middle class, yeah. Um, but he he was always very generous in the fact that he would always make sure we lived comfortably. So we we never really now I think back I can see the struggle that he was going through like hard hard struggle. But back then you're too young to. I no, you know what, it? Yeah, yeah. It no that clue. was just
0: normal life.
1: It's yeah. Sure. So now now I kind of understand it now. Yeah, he gave me the opportunities needed. Um, so he was always the one that you know. German football, drum to surf. You know, we'd go down to Duran Bar in the morning and finish up at bloody uh, South Stradbroke by the end of the day. You know, he'd just take me spot after spot. He was one of those, yeah. one of those dads, which my mum did a lot as well, but my dad just kind of got a bit more of a kick out of it. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say, I mean, I
0: won't admit I'm the golden child, but they go around saying I'm the no, golden child, so they always go around saying it. So. And we always do better siblings, blinks. So that's fine. Yeah, you have to, what, Yeah. have um, So you were born in Gosford Hospital? Gosford Hospital. Yeah, and what was your first school? Where'd you go to school? First school was the St. Vincent's
1: Primary School on the Gold Coast. Um, so when did you move up here when you were five? Yeah, I'd say around four or five. And what did um, they move to the Gold Coast for? Lost all his money. Oh, okay. The old man lost all his money and he moved up. Um, he just thought, fuck it, I'm going to come up and that, that's it. He's he claims what did he his, do? Uh, He's just always a builder by trade. You know, he's always just Willing and dealing, you know him. Um, so he's... He, he's always just found a way to make money um, and which kind of led him into a, another business, which was glass roofing, which is really, no one really does it up here. Glass roofing. Yeah. yeah poly, like skylight types. Yeah. Kind of like poly, it's polycarbonate roofing. So okay. it, it falls, yeah, it falls under that. So he does a lot of glass roofing, polycarbonate roofing, which he kind of was fishing with dynamite because no one does it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so he can name his own price and, and all that. So um, he's the kind of man to talk to for That, um, yeah. with all that kind of stuff, so yeah, he, he's got his contacts there. And then he uh, just re- recently he's kind of moved into the retirement game because he is approaching 80. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's so still going, he said he'll die on the ladder.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he fair enough, he yeah? says, uh, fair he's, enough, he's yeah. always said to me, going to the nursing home is also known as God's waiting room. Yeah, no, that's fair, cool. So he's he said he always he'll, he'll die working, which I understand.
0: No, that's that's understandable. That's yeah. obviously where you get a lot of your drive from as well. Well, I think, yeah, he
1: always said to me, like, I remember when I was real young and he'd always say to me, like, fuck, you don't want to do what I'm doing when you're my age. My old man did the same Yeah, he, he'd always say it. He'd always say it. And I think I always have that imprinted in my head. That's why I've always worked. Yeah. I, I hate having a day off. I hate having a, a slower day. I hate having a half day. For me, like, I I get to the end of my day and if I haven't gone better than the day before, I feel really unaccomplished.
0: Yeah, it's- it's interesting that it? that's instilled from a young age as well.
1: Though. Well, I didn't realise that and I haven't realised that until obviously what I'm doing now where things are really progressing through and but I'm trying when to... when you have kids, it makes you makes look at shit a lot different. As soon as she popped out, everything just changed. But you know what's funny but Everyone says that. Everyone says, oh, yeah, you know, your life's going to change when you have a kid. Yeah, that does. It does. <laughs> it does. But you try and brace for it. So you try and say to yourself, all right, everyone's telling me this, my life's going to change, all right. I'm going to brace for it. But whatever you brace for was about 1% of what you actually oh, got in the end. If that. If that. Oh, mate, I'm hearing that. I've got four of them. Four I'm, of them. I'm hearing that. Well, I'm, I'm trying to convince her to have four. I want to, yeah. I want to have four, but yeah. she swears no
0: more. First so. thing we ever did. Oh, I'll give her another six. We should have won another one. <laughs> the way it work. Everyone says that, yeah. <laughs> so your first school was up here on the Goldie. Where did you move to when you moved up here? So we
1: moved up here. We moved. We've always kind of gone between Calera and Waters, Rubina. Um We did have a kind of beachy house when I was real young in Mermaid Beach, but then we kind of pilgrim back out to that Mermaid Waters um, near the moorings there, mm-hmm. out near there. Um, we've always just kind of been around there. Then we had a house that we grew up in right until, oh, it was a – 16 year stint. I moved out of the house when I was 20. You know, so we had the family house there, which was good. So I was, I was pretty lucky. One so thing that was
0: where you sort of stayed for that whole yeah, well, you know, When I look
1: back now, I was very lucky now to have a family that was fully functional. Obviously, you have, you have your blues and everything like that, yep. and punch ups and shit. But really, I was I'm just so lucky to have a family that's so close. And I think I'm trying to you know regurgitate that now with my small family. You 100%. know, um, and yeah, that's that's why I'm, I, that, that's really. I guess what you said when the when the baby popped out that's my first priority because when I look back I think back and I think shit how lucky am I to have all my christmases and birthdays and everything like that siblings around you and you know big big family dinners and all that shit that's something I want to I want to bring into my life as well but at the time when you're a kid you're like oh you know you want to go play I think with your I friends was a
0: family dinner fuck off you know but <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but-
1: but now, now it comes back. I think, yeah, that was, that was the best times of my life. Yeah, without doubt. And and
0: I find it really interesting because you do start looking at life, especially as you get a bit older as well. You start to look at things and you actually realise, oh. oh, shit, that happened for that reason, and oh, I did that for that. Definitely. Or dad was always harping, or mum, especially was harping on about this, that, 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 and then now you sit there and go, oh, makes sense. Well, I'm that person, you know. When when people say, oh, you know, when you get to my
1: age, you, you're not going to think you're invincible anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off, you know. But now well, I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> that little twin. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm that exact person, you know, so, yeah, I freak out
0: about a lot of things. But, yeah, you know, the stuff I used to get up to back then, you know. So I, when when you were five, you went to your first school, right? Yeah. And then during that little primary school stage, let's go five to 11, so in Queensland, Queensland was through to year seven, I think. It was, yeah, seven, but. yeah. And um, were you a good kid, bad kid? How would you fit in? Um, Naughty?
1: Good question. I feel like like any kid you're trying to fit in Yep. and you'll do whatever it takes to kind of fit in. So I wouldn't say I was the most popular. I wasn't the most gifted, um, but I wasn't short of friends. Yeah. You know, um, one thing, I think the biggest issue in primary schools now I look back is, is definitely bullying
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because you don't, when, when you kind of get old, you look back and you go, shit, everyone got bullied. Even the bullies got bullied. Yeah. Even the popular people, at some stage in their life,
0: they get bullied. Well, you know? It's all so, learned behavior. That's all that is. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, hundred percent. So they learn off someone that passes on to someone else. Correct. And usually it's from the home. It's usually from the home. So yeah. now, now I look back and I think you know,
1: my biggest things I remember back in primary school was the amount of bullying that would go on. Not just me, but I mean, just and in what general. sort of
0: kid were you like size wise? Because we're going to go into that later. Well, size size wise, I was were never. No. Nah. Were you like athletic? average?
1: I was always average. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Hit puberty so I finished high school. Okay. So I think being a smaller kid, I was on the smaller side. I was just kinda of averaged below small you know, on the smaller side. Yeah. Had that thing where you had to kind of fit in.
0: So did you have a small man syndrome, like wanted to fight the big kids?
1: <laughs> I wasn't fired in no way. No. Um I I didn't really kinda of get aggressive or anything until until high school. Mm-hmm. Um that's a good story. Remind me to tell you about that. But <laughs> but yeah, no, In in primary school I was I was just trying to Brett, I was just trying to feel my feet, you know, I was trying to find my way. I didn't really I didn't really know how to make friends, even though I had friends. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel yeah, the the biggest part for me that I was trying to cope with was the bullying, but I didn't realise what was going on. It's just now I look back. The reason why I was so confused over my primary school years was just trying to cope Whatever it was being thrown at me, and and, and I'll be honest too, I was doing the bullying too. Yeah, yeah. You know, every, everyone, every, I don't care who it is, everyone it's does the it. Way you, way you Yeah, it's just that's just how primary schools work. Yeah, you know, so that that's one thing I really kind of remember the most is trying to, no matter what grade it was in, it was always happening somewhere. You know. So then, which high school did you go to? St Michael's College. So these all sound very religious schools. Were they religious schools? They yeah, Catholic my mum. Were they? Yeah, well, look, I'm not, I'm not very religious. I'm not against religion or anything like no, that. Of course not. Um, yeah, I, I Were was... Were you brought up in a religious household? No, nah, my old man, he... I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but he calls them Bible bashes. Yeah, of course. You can. <laughs> don't do I? <laughs> he, calls them, he calls them Bible bashes. <laughs> so, Nothing wrong with that. Um, we went to the school, obviously a Catholic school, so mum mum was from a Catholic family, so I think she just tried to carry it on a bit, but yeah. she wasn't the one that goes to church on Sundays or church at Christmas or anything like that, you know, so we weren't in a religious family, no. Yep. Um, I think that was just their idea of sending us to a good, good school, good school. and good school. it was they were good schools, and yep. um, their thing because they are from the old school. Their their thing is like you know we pay the money, we'll pay whatever we got to pay. Let's just send them to a good school. Yeah. You know, So
0: no matter how much we're going to suffer, we'll try hard to do whatever we need to do. Well, we'll you know, I'll, I'll, going off topic a bit, but I was
1: talking about this with Paul the other day, my partner, and I don't know if I want to send them to a private school or a. Or a, or a Catholic school or anything like Because what I, what I saw and what I'm seeing now with the increased learning education that's coming through and standards, you know, public schools are just as good. I see my nieces and nephews now. They're all going to public schools now. And um, obviously my sister went to the Catholic schools and that. But yeah. I was just talking about recently, and I'm just in that kind of mind where I'm like, do I really want to waste all that kind of money?
0: My recommendation, and I've got four of these little buggers. Yeah, what's your recommendation? Go to public school for primary school. That's the best part of their life. Yeah, go to a good public school, though. Pick yeah. a good public school that's in your local area, and then I'd I'd send them to a private school or high school. Yeah, let let them kind of find
1: their way. That yeah. you can you could obviously as well. There's different. The good thing is now with high schools they're kind of veering in directions of what they kind of specialize in. So like sporting high schools. So if they kind of excel in sport or technology, sport but,
0: school or yeah, whatever. That, that's what I was kind of leaning towards. You yeah, know. Yeah, but I wouldn't waste your money You're sending a um a primary school. Kid what's to a, yeah, school.
1: Be, what I'm what I'm saying is, what's the difference? Like, what are they going
0: to teach them nah, any different?
1: You know. Nothing. The only thing is, you get
0: different. The good thing it's a socioeconomic thing as well, and I know it's a bad thing to say sometimes, but what you find is that at some places, especially on the Gold Coast, perfect example one street's really rich and the next street's really poor. Yeah, yeah. but what you do is you're also at primary school and stuff, all these kids mix, and it's great. I mean, yes. It's great for the kids to know everyone and then actually realize how privileged how they are yes. and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And the fact that there's kids wearing the same uniforms every day. Um, and you're gonna all brand new shit. Then well, we we teach our kids that that's because they can't afford it or whatever. So let's do what we can to help those other people. Because
1: that's what I mean. Like we, in 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 your lifetime, it's learning how to adapt to different personalities. You know, like you're you're a heavy businessman. But really, majority of it is is just learning how to deal with someone and who they are. It's it's, it's all it's all people skills, you know.
0: And that's what podcasting. Is, it's adapting to the conversation. Like we're talking about stuff that I've spoke to different people about, and I, I talk differently to every single person I speak to. And I've, that's a that's a learned skill in the fact of it comes with age. <laughs> so why don't they teach that in primary schools or high schools? Especially, especially in high schools, why don't, don't they you? Teach it? I'm with you. Mate. Why don't they teach entrepreneurship in every school? Why don't they teach people how to use actual math, like? I had a conversation with an old schoolmate yesterday. He's going, I did all this math. I'm trying to do my my kid in year five's math. I had no idea. He was a genius at school. I failed at all. I knew how to do that. Yeah, so that's, that's what I mean. Like,
1: if I if I go back and I'll just say the same thing. It happened recently with my nieces and nephews. They were asking me for help because I'm the smart engineer. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a fucking idea what to do. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Uh, if i had more time I'll be able to help you out but in real life
0: you're never going to use that so don't don't be worried <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but even things where in, in high schools where they could revert to teaching people how to sell yeah. right because essentially teaching someone how to sell is the foundation for life in general in my mm-hmm. opinion like if we wanted to go watch a movie tonight you're going to choose a movie I'm going to choose one I'm going to try and sell you my idea to go watch sure. the movie or you got a cast salesman, or you got to you know whatever it is it's no matter what aspect in life you're trying to go through, even if you're trying to try and find your partner, you're essentially selling yourself to attract the opposite sex. Uh, 100%. So why wouldn't you be teaching people as the main source of uh, knowledge in high school is
0: learning how to sell? Well, my, my, my kids aren't good at, they're good at lots of different things, but English is their worst subject at school, right? So I tell them you don't need to learn English, you need to learn storytelling. It's all about storytelling, no matter whether you're selling, whether you're doing this, no matter what happens. You're training for a... Uh, it's a story. It's a story. Yeah. It's yeah. a start. It's a middle bit and it's an end. Mm-hmm. It's everything you do is story. So what they should be teaching kids, firstly, is kindness and gratitude. They're the two, two number one things in school. Yep. And the third one is how to tell stories. Because no matter what you do in life, whether you're building, whether you're selling, whether you're doing anything, you're telling stories. Well, when you, t- when you
1: tell a story, say you're in a at a dinner table with... Um, and you're meeting the parents or whatever, if you don't have a story to tell, you're boring as fuck. Get the fuck out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Very true, that one.
0: So let's go. We're in high school now. We're in uh, St. Michael's. Is that right? St. Michael's
1: College, yeah. And where was that? On the golf club? That's in Carrara. For some reason, everyone always knows when I say this. Do you know where the German club is? Yep. As soon as I say, you know, the German <laughs> clubs, everyone goes, oh, that's where it is, you know. Oh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's it's right behind the German club.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, good school. Big um, school,
1: little school? It was a smaller kind of medium school, I'd say about 600 kids, so 500 about kids.
0: 100 per grade
1: type thing? Something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's grown out a fair bit more now. Obviously, each school every year is, is growing and because of the population on the Gold Coast, yeah. But that's um, good
0: to have about 100 kids because then you know more.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I found in that school, that was a good school too, because that was more for the lower middle class, even though it was a paid high school, I found mm-hmm. I was able to see different people and different um, you know, economic statuses and things yep. like that. So you could learn to adapt and talk to people from, as you said, different street addresses. Yeah, of as course. One person can be living on a street address where lots of money, the other one, not so much. You know, So it was good to... That's where I learned a lot of that, my people skills in high school. Um, obviously the bullying part in high school was a was another big thing. Obviously people got through puberty and shit gets real though in high school. But shit gets real in high school was what mm-hmm. I was getting at. You know, I found in primary school I was a lover, not a fighter, yeah. type thing. But I still remember my second day of high school. Um and it was just funny, well, I was just driving the car with my dad and he's never said it. He just said to me, He goes, Mate, in high school it's different now. Um if someone wants to pick on you, you're going to get cleaned up. I'm just letting you know you will get cleaned up. But whoever's close to you out of the group, just fucking smash them. And I was like, oh, okay. I just kind of – I'm like, <laughs> fuck, that was a bit random. But I'm like, all right, I'll just go Thanks, to school. Dad. See you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, son. <laughs> so, yeah, I kept, those, I kept those words in mind. Um, I don't know why they stuck with me, but they, they, they just stuck with me throughout the whole high school. And that's just kind of how I – I guess I kinda of just went through high school. I just took it for what it was. Um high school to me, with the violence story then. Um well that happened that happened not too long after he told me that bit of advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still remember I was getting I was getting like uh just kind of pushed around, I guess. I was getting like pushed around, kinda of slapped a bit. Nothing like
0: kids in your age group or high uh both. Mm-hmm. Both. And
1: um I just kind of retaliated and chased one dude. Um and obviously, you know, when you go chase someone, um, the whole grade follows. Yeah, yeah. You know. boat, so,
0: boat, boat.
1: Yeah, fight, boat, fight, fight. Yeah. fight. So, um, and this kid was actually a good fighter. He was a boxer. So I'm like, when I grabbed him, he's like, oh, what are you going to do? So I pulled a pen out of my pocket and just went straight into his fucking rib cage. <laughs> he stabbed him. Stabbed him with a pen. Now it wasn't that it wasn't that bad, obviously, of what I what I what a sounds. Well, you it can't sounds. It sounds a lot worse than you, it, can't, yeah. you, can't, you can't do too much damage with a pen, but yeah. It was one of those things where everyone kinda of said, All right, well, you know, he doesn't really fuck around. Let's not so, fuck with him more. Um so yeah, I mean, afterwards, like the, me and the kid were friends after that and everything like you know, just it's all water under the bridge type shit. Mm. But not that I not that I think that's acceptable or not or anything all. like that. You know, it's it's I mean, not. It I, 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 you so. know, I just when you're in a state of fear and panic, you know I was shitting myself. After, afterwards, actually, when it happened, I went in the stairwell and started crying. Yeah. Um. Directly afterwards, because I just thought shit. You know, like not that I was going to get in trouble. I was just so overwhelmed. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? You know. I just stabbed. And um, no one really said anything about it. No one really talked more on it. No one said, you know, did you just do that? Or no one. Came, it was just one of those things where it happened, and then. Um, was he injured? Nah, he was. Oh, he was bleeding, but he wasn't. He wasn't like a fucking gash, open, stab, it was, yeah, a, yeah. it, it was, a, it, a it was, it was a biro pen that I was using in fucking math class the year before, the, 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 the yeah. subject before, you know, so it wasn't anything like that. It was just more so letting everyone know that, you know, you're going to retaliate. Now afterwards, obviously when there was altercation in high school, as you said, you, you know, you see fights and things like, that. I never used that kind of stuff again, obviously, but.
0: What did you do that night? Did you remember? Did you go home and say, hey dad, this has just happened or. No. I kept it to myself forever. I, haven't, yeah. I don't
1: tell a lot of people that story. Um, yeah, I've just kept that to myself because not that I'm embarrassed of it, but it's just, you know, if you, in the position I'm in, if you go around telling people things like that, I think it's okay, especially younger guys. Like I got Definitely a, not okay. You know, i got a, I got a young nephew and things like that. So I don't I don't want to be leading them down the bad path. I want them to know how to defend themselves and, you know, protect the ones they love and their family and everything like that, you know. But also people make mistakes, mate.
0: Like everyone, a lot of people make mistakes in life or do things that they're not proud of, but at the same time is in that heat of the moment. What would you do it's in that situation? 100%. That's what I mean. So you, you can't
1: – how many How many times do you get in the shower um, throughout your life and you you picture out someone you're going to get a bash or someone you're going to get an argument with or so, whoever it is and, you, and you're mouthing off the words in your head? And then, if it ever does go into practice, it lasts like what two seconds? Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, know? it's so true. It's, it,
1: you think of it like going to be off this this movie with a big big, big scene or whatever yeah, it was, like Rocky
0: Seven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. But really,
1: you know, it, what happens in real life is is not what happens, you know, through your mind. So I don't I don't want to. Yeah, as I said, I'm not really essentially embarrassed of it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't regret a thing in my life because I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. You learn from it. That's, but that's the key. My my thing is to always, you know, I'm trying to influence younger guys to to go in the right direction and things like that. And I think if you're afraid to tell
0: your past to people... Um, You'll be never ashamed of anything. No. That's, that's the key to this. And the thing is you own up to stuff and you move on. That's simple. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I,
1: that what I mean. I think if, if you're not willing to talk about it, if you're not willing to be honest with yourself, you will shoot down people for the same things you've done. Yeah, of course. Um, and how do I know that? Because I've done that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I've shot people down or bully people in high school or primary school, or whatever, when in reality I was probably doing the same shit they were doing. Yeah, of course. You know, but really you're trying to take the heat off yourself onto someone else. So, yeah, that's why I'm I'm, not, I'm never afraid to tell how it is, you know. Um, but these are
0: also skills that aren't taught in school. Correct. These are things that where, yeah, okay, what, I did that, I fucked up, I'm sorry, let's move on, as opposed to all this shit that just boils, especially like with social media and this all this bullying and shit that comes on that stuff. Oh, man. It's um, – you look at it and go, it's because they're not educated, it's because they're either not parented or they're not taught or this sort of stuff. That's the reason we're in such a shithole with a lot of this stuff.
1: And it's all perspective too.
0: So people that
1: want to believe what they want to read, mm-hmm. they will believe it. You know, some things I see on the net, um, even on the news, yeah. if you hear it or you read it and then you actually come back and say it out loud and you say blah, blah, and you actually say it out loud, you realize how fucking dumb it sounds. Yes. But no one actually does that. They just read it and they go, oh, that's what I wanted to read today. That yeah. must be the truth. Yes, 100%. You know, so they take it and they run with it. But really, I I, I do that because I, I'm not a very good reader in English. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't good in English um, in high school and all that kind of stuff. So um, with reading, I actually have to... I have to give myself that point where I have like a ballpoint pen and point out and say it out loud so yep. I can understand it better, you know, which has made me a good reader now. It's just a habit now I do for reading. Um, So that I guess that's where I kind of picked it up from, you know, so when you, when you essentially say it out and you look at it, you just, you kind of, I, I actually kind of cringe sometimes when I say it out loud as if someone else is listening as I'm saying it out loud as that dumb it sounds.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, it's really interesting because I just watched last night The Social Dilemma on Netflix, right? Oh, I've only got halfway through that. It's, it's um, good. Yeah, it's uh, good. Some I like of the it. stuff that they they do and they've done intentionally, but now it's gone to next level. Whereas I could be reading a news article here on my iPad and you're reading a news article, but their ones aimed at you. And this one's aimed at me. Same article written differently mm-hmm. and tells you a completely different story. Mm-hmm. And that's because you are interested in this and I'm interested in this. Yeah. And the way the story is written, once again, read it out loud. It sounds fucking stupid anyway, but that's the way they're actually doing this stuff. But social media is a part of business, so it's something you can just switch off.
1: Because someone like me, I don't watch the news anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, plain and simple, I just don't watch it. It's negative. And it, to me, I don't want to be put in fear and I don't want to hear the problems of everyone else. Fair cool. Which, in reality, most of the time isn't true anyway. So yeah, I, exactly. I, I don't want to hear it. So... It's just hard with social media because I go to do the same thing, but obviously my business runs very highly on social media as yours would too. Yeah. So it's hard not to open up and see what you have to see. Yeah. You know,
0: And even and if then you, react to it.
1: And you will <laughs> always react to it, you know, because <laughs> if you always remember something you saw that day or, you know, something will always stand out. So as much as you tell yourself, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't play a part in it, you know, you can still tell me something you saw this morning. Of course. You know, so... That's why it's hard with social media because people can get so sucked into it. It's like how what we're talking about before with bullying in high school, at least before with high school or or primary school, I could come home to the safety of my parents. The kids don't come home to safety now.
0: No, exactly. It's it's interesting. I say it about my kids is I've got two girls and two boys. The two girls will fuck with each other's head for like a week. (laughs) The two boys will punch each other in their best mate. And (laughs) and that's the way this used to work in school. Who's who's the golden child? Um, I I love them all equally. (laughs) Actually, no, I'm the opposite, actually. I tell them all, you're my favourite, but don't tell the others. <laughs> <laughs> Best way to go. Okay, so we're in a high school. We're going through. Are, are we Are we getting sort of a bit relaxed now? We're not nerdy. We're not sort of athletic. We're sort of – we're getting seen to be a bit of a, 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 a bigger unit. When, biggest, when are you starting to grow?
1: My thing in high school, to be honest, is one thing my – one of my only really regrets, even though I really regret it because that's why we're over now on bodybuilding, but – I had talents in sport that I never explored because I didn't have the confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Happens a lot. You could see someone in, in playing backyard football with their mates and run rings around them, but they go on the field and choke. Yeah. I was that person. Okay. I was that person. What sort of sports? All of them. Yeah. You know, I was I was good at all kinds of sports. I was kind of like an all-rounder, you know? Yeah. But I just never committed because I never believed in myself. Now, that didn't come from my parents at all because my parents were so supportive. But I guess I'm such an overachiever that I want to be so perfect. Um, that's where I'd stall and, and fuck up a lot of my opportunities. I do the exact same thing now when I post on social media with my photos because I go to post a photo, I look at it, and then I say, oh, this caption could be better, this could be done here better, or whatever it is, <laughs> and then I don't even, even fucking post it. Yeah. So imagine that was sport.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know,
1: so I guess... Um, in high school, I always loved the thought of being big and muscly because I was a, a, a later developer, mm-hmm. you know, so I always wanted to be bigger and stronger and things like that. And, you know, I was- And were you going to
0: the gym back then? Yeah.
1: You know, I was just in the gym, just doing some curls and shit after yeah. school and all that kind of stuff, girls you know? The girls, girls get girls, mate. Girls got the girls, you know how it is. But <laughs> what's funny was I started to grow a little bit. This is a good story. I started to grow a little bit and then I, um, I started to get a bit embarrassed because people were also laughing at me, the fact that- if I wanted to train and start following a diet and eating protein shakes, people would pay you out and say, oh, there's more to life than that, you yeah. know, which you've probably heard many times before. Yeah, yeah. There's more to that, live your life, all that shit. And I used to go in and train legs and squat and only really squat and train back because they were the two muscles that were covered up. So your back muscles so and, and your leg muscles there. so people couldn't really see. So then I wasn't called a... So a, how old a, were you then? That would have been...
0: 15, 16, 17 around that area. So you sort of be starting to become a man pretty much at that age. Yeah, yeah you know. You're but, obviously you gone through but, the little the puberty stage.
1: But you, you know, got to, but you got to remember back then too, bodybuilding wasn't cool back then. Yeah, of course. So not. when I was getting magazines and stuff people would call you gay. Yep. Um, you know, it went from uh surfing photos, car photos and chick photos on my walls to photos of the dude, blokes in G-string Dudes in a fucking G-string yeah. with fake tan, you know, straight away you think, you know, it was a poof? You know, so <laughs> and there's nothing um, wrong with that. Which is nothing wrong. My yeah. sister, my sister's gay. You know, yeah. so my I, I've never had um, a problem with any of that. You know, but people back then it was it was a different time. Different people. time. Yeah. You know, so people would say, you know, you're a poof or you're a, you know, you're gay or whatever it is. Um And really, it wasn't that. I just respected what it was because I was doing some training at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just like, shit, like what do these guys actually fucking go through? And then people come to me and say, Oh yeah, but it's a lot of steroids. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Yeah. I don't even know what these steroid things are. You can't tell me you just take someone and look like that. Yeah. Because if you could take something and look like that without doing any work, I I would imagine there'd be a lot more motherfuckers looking like that oh, yeah, walking 100%. around. <laughs> that, that, that that's one thing I, I say to people too when they go, Oh, I would never want to look like that or whatever it is or like, yeah, you don't have to be big and freaky like that. But if you had the chance to, you know, when people say, "Oh, I don't want to go train the gym," there's more life than the gym or whatever. I said, "Okay, well, if you could take a pill and wake up tomorrow and look the way, like this this photo here, you could honestly say to me you wouldn't do that." Yeah, you know, and 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 everyone says to me, well, oh, "You're lean sick, uh, and you don't you know? Pecs. And when they come out and say, "I said, don't talk shit," yeah. you know, because I would, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, whatever I would. Everyone would. So I guess I was. I was doing bodybuilding, but I didn't really know I was going down that path.
0: So at this stage, access. you're just still training yourself in the gym, or have you got like a PT? Have you got a no, trainer? I was training myself. I was training myself, and then high school kind of finished up. Um, and how'd you go into high school?
1: Well, high school, I kind of backed off towards the last year, two years. I just stopped caring because I realized I wasn't going to do anything I wanted to do. I didn't. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, but I just stopped giving a fuck.
0: But you knew it wasn't going to be ac- academic. No, no. no Are no, we in the right crowd then? No. What sort of crowd were you in? Uh, the crowd I was in, um,
1: you know, we were getting all lot of stuff, you know, crashing parties and fights and all that kind of stuff on, on, a, on, a, on a Saturday night.
0: Um, more of sort of, uh, I won't call it the gang lifestyle, but there was a group of you that used to do shit, bad shit.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even really say a group. We just, it only takes it only takes one, one bad fruit to um, ruin the bowl of fruit, you know, mm-hmm. so... I'd say we just had a couple of us that were quite loose, and then obviously we we're all just trying to.
0: And we um, was drinking and doing drugs or anything back then. Fuck yeah, yeah,
1: lots of drinking. What's the age just start that? Drinking was from about thirteen onwards. Thirteen. Drugs were sixteen. And
0: what what was the drinking for? Is that because it was a tough? It was tough to do. It was sort of, or was it was it not good at home or? What just started start drinking for? Do you remember? Um, We just started drinking, honestly,
1: like anyone, just to be cool.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: um, There was a thing on a Saturday night that we'd have to all find a party or find someone's house or something to so, just so we could go drink. Yeah. You know, when you think back, do we actually like drinking? Like, I mean, who doesn't like drinking? We all like drinking. Even I do. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, getting plastered every Saturday night, I mean, you can do it at that age and go up and wake up the next day and you're fine.
0: <laughs> now... It <laughs> takes a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So. Thirteen, you're you're getting drunk and stuff, and then sixteen, sort of the introduction of drugs. Yeah. And what are we What are we talking? Is it just marijuana? Is it heavy shit? Is it? Well, how did How did that start?
1: Um, I think we started smoking weed about fifteen. Yeah. And 14, once again, just fourteen, fourteen, to be cool. fifteen. Um, yeah, to be cool. Um, you know, drugs are a scary thing that age because as much as you have curiosity. It's still one of those things where you're like, oh, you know, you see off movies, like you hallucinate and all that kind of yeah. shit, you know. So you don't really know what to expect. Um,
0: so is your group seen as the, like, sort of the druggy group or the cool group that goes and does this stuff that I wish I would do type stuff?
1: Um, yeah, we always we always had something to do, put it that way, yeah. you know. So and when I say something to do, I don't mean we always have, like, a drug to do or a party to go to. We're always just doing stuff. Yeah. You know, we always had it. Come Monday, Monday recess or Monday lunchtime, there was always a fucking big story to tell, yeah. you know, and I guess that was your ego back then. Oh, of course. trying and to impress, that's the impress people the next Obviously, week. you're trying to get with girls at parties and things yeah. like that as well. Um, yeah, so all that kind of shit back then. And did we get but, into some hard drugs at 16? 16, I just, uh, I don't think I really, I've never really been to the real hard, hard drugs. Mm. Um, I was popping a lot of pills back then, though. Um, well, so eckies and that sort of stuff. Whatever it was in them. you know. Yeah. I mean, really, you could say he's but what were in them? Rough. Yeah. And back then people say, Oh, you don't know what's in them. I remember a cop came to our school and started giving us this lecture and I'm I'm there with my mates. I'm like, She doesn't know what she's talking about. But really she was saying, You don't know what's in these. Yeah, Anyone group? can put anything in these and you're thinking, Oh yeah, fuck you, you don't know anything. Yeah, exactly. But really they go walk, they go work in the fucking <laughs> with all that shit, you know. So, you know, back then, you know, I just think, you know, young and dumb. But yeah, I was I was getting on a fair few pills and stuff and yeah, I just I started to really kind of go on that road and then 16, 17, 18 was those years where I was transitioning into, like, all my friends now we finish school, uh, some are getting heavy into harder drugs. Yeah. Have you lost many? Two. Mm. Two friends. Um, People are starting to go to jail. You know, people are starting to... Do both. There's just a lot of drama around that whole.
0: Many, many sort of joining bikies and doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. A few of them. Now, no, not not from my school in particular though. Um, that's but, just a frank group. But when, when you kind of reach year twelve, a lot of and and Facebook and, and MySpace back then uh-huh. um, was starting to come up. So you were starting to obviously socialise with other schools. Yeah, you know. So we were. That's where you kind of meet other people, mutual friends. That do the same sort of shit. And I found I started meeting up a lot of people from primary school that I used to go to primary school with. Oh, okay. From other high schools. Yeah. You know, so then we'd, oh, we'd all know, think, him, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him yeah. So that situation. that's how it all kind of go down. So that's where the the drug circle started coming in. And obviously with, with what you were doing, that's where other people would start. Um, Jumping on the bandwagon. Coming in, you know, you, you attract those people to you. So, yeah, people started going on a life of crime and things like that. And I was at that kind of crossway point because luckily for me, and this is where it – came back to my family that I said, fuck, you know, like... Did they know about any of this at the time? They, look, they knew. They chose not to know. Okay. You know, um, they loved me so much. Um, I was just worried about you. I could go to jail for murder and that's still... Of course. They'd be that's, that, that, yeah, they that, that still love me, you know. And that's, that was the thing that got me where I'm like, hold up, they're old, you know. They didn't work their fucking whole life to make me be where I'm kind of going down so that's what I called it and lucky enough when I did actually call it I was training in the gym at the time and this big black American dude came behind me who was training in the gym and I knew he was the big black scary bodybuilder dude mm. and he came up behind me and he's like yeah you, you're really strong and I, I didn't even take notice how old I, I was were you? 17 16 mm. 17 and um I said to him, he said to me, you're really strong. I didn't acknowledge him. You know why? I thought, there's no way he's fucking talking to me. <laughs> there's no fucking way. So I just kept training. And he said again. He goes, you're really strong. What sport do you play? A bit more aggressive too because obviously he thought I was ignoring him. Yeah. You know, like, oh, sorry, I didn't know you were talking to me, blah, blah, blah. And he said, look, let's get you into bodybuilding. You know, you'll be really good. Um, you know, back then there was no coaching services back that then. And
0: music to your ears then, though? No? Do you think that was one of the things that switched going – Bucky's a sport I know I can actually do. Like, I No, can't be because I, I
1: didn't think I had an amazing body. You know, the confidence thing. You know, yeah, like yeah. the confidence thing where I wasn't insecure, but I didn't think that I had a the body like he did yeah. or the body like I saw in the magazines at home, you know. Um, so. And can you name him? Eric McIntyre. And is he a uh, – I'm a, going up to Cairns next month to take my partner and my baby away because yeah. um, I made a promise to them every six weeks to take him away. We'll talk about that after. Yeah. But he lives in Townsville as a school teacher, high school teacher. Um, still bodybuilding? He still trains. Yeah, he still he still competes. He's he's mid fifties, late fifties now. Yeah. Um. But back in the day, everyone knows him. He was he was top guy. I didn't know who he was at the time, obviously. Yeah. But um, he's coming to visit me from Townsville. Awesome. So yeah, we we still we still contact each other maybe once or twice a year. And I've made a promise to him from day one that if I ever made it to the Mr. Olympia, I'm going to buy him a ticket. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to send it to him. I'm not going to say anything. So if I qualify for the Olympia, I'm just going to send it <laughs> to him and say, I want you to be there. That makes me feel fucking <laughs> like thing. Yeah. So that, that's one thing I've always I've always promised myself. But um, yeah, so he, that's how he said it to me. And he said back then, there was no coaching. So it wasn't really like coaching fees. He just said, Look, I'll, I'll help you get there. He was the mentor I needed because I don't know if he was trying to mentor me as such, but because I didn't want to let him down, because he was a, a. When I started getting known more, all the big guys in the gym would all go, I like, Oh, hey, man. You know, I'm like, fuck, this guy's somebody, you know? I'm like, man. who is this dude, you know? And um, He becomes
0: obviously, your accountability partner. Exactly, that,
1: because man. when you see all these people respecting him and all the people that I was kind of scared to talk to, you know, big tatted up guys and shit. Yeah, come and say hi. They're, they're all going and saying hi to him. And I'm like, hold up, you know? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, what up? Like this guy actually has some sort of authority. So when he'd say, you know, I want this by next week, I'll be like, well, yeah, I'm going to do it, you know? And then that's what stopped me um, drinking when I went. To, I would still go to parties, but I wouldn't drink. Yeah. And then all of a sudden over the next couple of years, I just kind of said, fuck, why am I even gone? Like, Fuck that, I can't be bothered. Everyone's telling you to drink. and oh, There's more life than that. This. And I said, you know what, fuck it. So he was the kind of start of my thing that took me away from it, which led me into the next thing just after high school because I found him as soon as I finished high school, just after schoolies, right? Which from there I was at a crossroad I said, fuck, I don't want to go down that path of these, or my other mates, which yep. I still love. I still keep in contact with them all, but I don't want to go down that path obviously. And. I didn't want to let him down, so I'm like, well, I'm good at maths. I've got to continue on and do something in the meantime until I find out what I want to do. Yep. So that's when I went to TAFE, gone to TAFE, did two years of um, the back entry to get into uni, an engineering diploma there, advanced Ooh. diploma. And that's what landed my, my direct entry into uni where I completed my civil engineering degree. Why civil engineering? I was good at maths and apparently they made a lot of money. <laughs> 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 Love it. I don't know, Brent. I think... Back then, I. What What'd your old I, man say about that? He, no, he he was the one. He didn't push me to, but he was so for it. Like he was so yeah. proud of it because he, same thing, go to a good high school, go to a good primary school, go yeah. to, get a good education. You know, that's what you got to do. He always said to me he didn't want to be. He he doesn't know what an entrepreneur is, right? Of but, he, but he is one. Yeah, 100%. right. It's just back in the old school. That they, they, was, was never a, called that. It was never called that. He just says living off your wits, right? Yeah. And he was always scared for me to live off my wits because of the obvious reason he would want me to fight and scrounge around for money, yeah. all right? So he thought getting education is the best way to go. It's your safest bet. I don't want you to be like me type thing. Yeah, 100%. Um, but anyway, so I, I did the engineering degree and I guess I, I did it because he was in construction so I thought maybe I could go into his business somewhere on the line yeah. or whatever. But
0: reality, I always loved bodybuilding. So during this time, we are training pretty hard? Fuck you. Yeah. Are yeah, like you to... going to uni and then train it pretty much. That's your life. Look, the only reason I reckon I completed my
1: degree is because Griffith University is literally across the road from World Jam Ashmore. <laughs> so back so that's when I started working the clubs, moved out of home, out to finish the I'd finish the clubs at five AM, go train, go straight to uni at eight o'clock lecture. Or I'd come home for a couple hours of nap, go in for a one hour, two hour lecture at uni and go straight across to the gym straight after. So, so cool. I always I always had an incentive to go to uni.
0: Talk me about the clubs. How did you start? Is that because you started getting bigger and you sort of, the, the dorm and type? A little, little bit bigger. I met a guy, I met a guy,
1: I met a guy I was going to uni with and that's what he said. He goes, mate, this is the best for what we do because we have to be here all day. We can't work. Yeah. And I wanted to move out of home because I was bringing home a few chicks at the time. Yeah. And I, my parents were always great. My mum my was always that person, like I bring a girl downstairs and. So, oh, do you want some breakfast? Like, mom, I just want to get him out of the house. Like, you know, <laughs> fuck. But you know, do Oh, how how was your night? And I'm like, mom, don't fucking talk to her. Like, you know. So, um, I just felt I was being a bit disrespectful. You yeah. know, and as much as they didn't want him to move out, they didn't care. You know, I just felt personally. I know, look, it doesn't look good anyway if I'm bringing chicks home. I'm like, yeah, live with my parents for one, and two. I just don't want my parents seeing that shit yeah, or yeah. hearing that shit. Yeah. You know? So. For me, I just thought, you know, it's time for me to move at home. I wanted to move out of home. Um, I wanted to get some stable income going on. Um, I was managing some sub-stores, but I was, had to drop back to per, part-time because of the obvious university was full-time. So he said, work nights. I'll get you nights. Um, and I also thought too, I'm like, okay, well, this is good because I can still socialize. I can yeah. go out. I can get paid. And I'm not drinking. Yeah. And I'm not doing drugs. And I'm also kind of separating myself from everyone else without having to separate my life completely.
0: So at this age, you're probably 19, 20. That's sort of, is that when you started 20, in the clubs? 20, 20. years old? 20. So how big are you at that stage? About 110. About 110? 110. 110. And, and how, is, um, how is that measured from a muscle mass point of view? Like, for instance, how big are you now? I'm 135 now. 135. And and do you then, from a from a bodybuilding point of view, is there weight classes? How does that work? Oh, so weight classes, the heaviest weight class in the amateurs is 100 kilos
1: and over. Okay. So I was always a super heavyweight, but yeah. I, I competed for three years when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, in my with the, with Eric, yep. Um, I did that naturally, so I built a foundation first. Okay, okay. So I built a foundation first, work my way up, learn how to train and diet first, because obviously in the sport of bodybuilding, we're not going to play dumb here. There's performance enhancers in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're an idiot if you don't think there is. I knew that when I started bodybuilding, but I thought, you know what, if I'm going to go down that road, because um, I knew obviously I had a good uh, role model to teach me how to do it and do it safely. Um, I wanted to make sure I had what it took first and do it drug free. Okay. Can I do it drug free? You
0: know? So during that time, that's when you start getting jobs on the doors at the, at the nightclubs. Yeah. Yeah. And did you find that your high school violence bully boy came back out when you had the suit on center at the door? Yeah. Or... Fuck yeah. Because, because it that's it puts you back that's, into an environment that's
1: that you a, don't really want to be in. That's a very, very dangerous environment. I loved it, I loved it, and I miss it in a way mm-hmm. because that that's really an adrenaline rush, right? You know, what, you know what really taught me the most how to talk to people. Yeah, you know, what we said in school before one street is rich, one street is poor 100%. That's the nightclubs. Yeah, you learn how to negotiate with people on drugs, alcohol, you meet. Yeah, I, in the end of my security career I was I was doing a lot of bodyguard work so they'd come uh, celebrities would come over and work with the clubs or whatever and because obviously they they'd get uh, my details handed to them from like the owner or whatever yeah and I was doing a lot of work with that as well you know um so for example Justin Bieber would come in I'd have to look after him for you the just night. Carry
0: him around? Wouldn't you? Yeah, put him in, <laughs> put him in your like, bag. I tell you like what, I, 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 the all those
1: all those music stars, I tell you what, they're a lot smaller than what they appear on TV. <laughs> but you know, look, I, it makes you look bigger, though. So that's yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's why I stood close to him. Yeah. But my, my thing, my thing is was was learning how to, to talk to people, really, yeah. and 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 judge people with their reactions, body language. You realize the people that want to fight you are the people you would never expect. Yeah. All the people that can fucking fight are the ones you really wouldn't expect. You know, the ones that. Um, a bark in the front door, they don't bite, you know, so it's just that kind it's of the, shit.
0: It's the one that comes from behind that you don't see it's over a, your shoulders, the scary one. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a very tense uh, lifestyle um,
1: and it does catch up with you in the end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was never a security guy that went around, you know, picking on people lower than me or anything like that, nothing like
0: that ever. Um, but you're not that type of bloke. No, I'm not. Because you're brought up the right way. Exactly. It's you that know? simple. Like
1: for me, for me, my thing is always just being, you know, obviously protect myself and my family. That's it. 100 You know, I don't, I don't uh, uh, There's no need to resort to violence um, if it's nothing to do with your um, yourself as a self-defense or defending your family. So really, that, other than that, I haven't really, I don't really get into fights. So at that time, though. Being the big dude, people want to pick on you. People want to yeah. prove themselves. The crack at the you title. Know, So I guess that's how I learned to defend myself pretty quickly. Mm-hmm.
0: Did um, you train for that? Did you have any like BJJ or any jujitsu? You know or what, or man?
1: Everyone, stuff? everyone, renowned me as this insane fighter, yeah. right? That I could just hold myself, take down dudes bigger than me, big islanders bigger than me, and all that kind of stuff. But you know what, it really was? I'd always land that first punch, yeah, and that drop first in. If one of them took that punch, I'd be fucked Yeah, because I really don't know how to fight, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just hope the other big boys come and help.
1: <laughs> but like, it was getting bad in the end because obviously I started running the clubs and I started becoming head of security after yeah. after about six to 12 months. So I moved up pretty quickly. Um, so I built a name pretty quickly. And then um, what would happen is I would go to up to groups of people. Um, they'd be an altercation. Or I'd go in by myself. Yeah. Just to test myself to say, all right, can I take everyone down, you know? um that, not that, a good headspace, and to get it, headspace. It's not a good headspace because you know what happens? It starts coming outside of work. You think yeah. you can just switch it off. It doesn't. It doesn't switch off outside of work. What happens is you start becoming the person you always swore you never would be yeah. outside of work. And now I look back it, you know, as I said, do I regret that? No, in a way. Because when I pull myself up pretty quickly and you realize and you get humbled, you sit there and you say, okay, well there's more life than this shit. And that's actually when I kind of resorted into coaching. I kind of said, you know what, this isn't for me. It's going to catch up to me. Then there's a lot worse people out there than what I think there is um, and far worse than what I am as a person too.
0: But and during, they... during this whole time, and I'm going to go into this subject a little bit later on, which is the whole performance enhancement thing. Mm. Um, People always say when you're on steroids, your testes shrink and you get angry, right? That's just, that's just what the theory is. Do yep. you think that... A lot of these uh, bouncers and all these guys are really, really angry because of what they're putting in their bodies. Good question.
1: Thanks very much. And I'll 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 answer it with an even better answer. When you take performance enhancers, and I'm a bodybuilder, I'm training my muscle to get bigger, right? So it'll make your muscle bigger, yeah? But there's performance enhancers in every sport. We just are naive to believe that it's in there, okay? But- you don't ever see a 100-metre track sprinter walking around the size of me. They train accordingly to make them better in their sport for what well, it is. Okay. So you'll never see them jack, but they'll run a, a, a faster time. So if they're trying to run a faster time mm. and they're taking performance enhancers, they'll run a faster Fast time. time. If I want to be a bigger dude, I'll become a bigger dude. Well, yep. guess what? If you're a fuckwit, you're going to be a bigger fuckwit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that's, that's very true. So that's all it is, mm. you know, because so I'm you don't think that um, – the enhancers change your mental state? No. Okay. No, it's bullshit. Um, I like that, though. You're, you're going to be a bigger fuckwit. You. If, <laughs> if, if,
1: if, if, if you're an insecure fuckwit to start, that's yeah. what it, But the problem is, Brett, is that I did bodybuilding when it wasn't cool. I just did it because I love the lifestyle and it kept me accountable. Yeah. Okay? And I just want to be a big dude. Now, it's it's cool now, which is great The sport's growing. Yeah. But it's now it's really cool, right? So now- they don't come with a mentality like I did when I was young. Like, oh, maybe I better prove myself before I go down that road. Yeah. You know, now it's just young guys come up and see me. They go, oh, Sam Pierce, pro bodybuilder, young dude. What am I going to take, man? And I'm like... <laughs> hard fucking work, son. How about you take some fucking advice, <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah. Do some fucking hard work, eat your meals, and turn up on time. You know, really, that's, that's what it comes and down to. And then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, then we'll talk. Pro- prove it first, you know. But, yeah, like, it, it's, it's hard because... On another, on another point of it as well, another point of view, it's a hard situation for me being in a duty of care when these young guys come to me and say that. And if I say, fuck off, yeah. go train hard, they're not going to do that. No, no. They're, they're just sh- going to go to someone else and it's wait. and stab them with someone that's sta- bad for them. So then you've got to sit there and say, okay, is it safe for me to actually tell them what to do? Mm. You know? You know, so there, there's these things that pop through your head that, that you say, fuck, you know, what are you doing in that circumstance? But – Again, like you can't essentially put your name on the line because you can't ever trust a young person with the idea when you have that tunnel vision. Because people said to me when I was younger, "Don't do this, don't do that." Well, you can easily agree. You're not going to fucking listen to them. No, of course, you're not. Well, it's like know? the
0: big black guy walking up behind you. You didn't know he was fucking talking. To you. Yeah, I, 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 I just straight. Oh, <laughs> didn't. No way. I thought he was talking to me. So we're, we we you're doing some junior stuff, right? And then at the age of twenty one, you win a title. Don't yeah, so
1: that I. When I was finishing up my natural career, I actually got some bad calls and I What's I, a natural career? Natural career means I was competing naturally. Okay. Right. And I was doing some natural federations where you get tested in saying that you don't really get tested. Mm-hmm. That was that's all bullshit, but anyway, um that's no disrespect to the natural federations, but they just could do it a lot better. Yeah. Anyway, so I finished up out there, and I got some bad calls, and it really broke my heart. It wasn't me. You didn't win. I didn't win, yeah. and I was a clear winner. Like clear. Like the guy who got second, I got third. The guy who got second. Actually, said he came backstage. He was, we we're both nineteen. He said, "Man, I'm really gutted for you. Can we, can we actually swap trophies? Because I really think you should have won today. I know it doesn't help that it's still second, but." <laughs> You know, he came, I still remember his name. So what was that? Was that because it was rigged or? Uh, name, his name's Alex Boosie. I still yeah. I still remember him. We've never spoken since, but I still remember him. Alex Boosie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's a great thing to do though. Well, I never forgot it. I've never okay. spoken to him since ever, right? But I still remember him because I'm like, yeah, wow. that. And and he was probably one of my biggest saviors as to why I turned back to bodybuilding. Because at that stage, I was heartbroken. I thought, fuck this. I don't have what it takes. Yeah. I went back. How heavy were you then? Uh, back it was natural. It was about a... Uh, 85, 90 kilos, something of like that maybe. Okay. But I, I, I veered off again, back to drugs, back to partying, back to girls, back to all that shit. And I remember it was about 12 months later and I sat there and I looked at myself and I thought, fuck, like, I don't want to, this is not me. Like, what? where's Where's this kind of coming from? So I contacted Eric. He'd moved away. He'd moved over and I said, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And he said, he goes, you have what it takes. I think it's time you start you know, taking this more seriously and going down the serious
0: road, you know?
1: And I said, and you oh, knew what he
0: was talking about. I knew what he was talking about. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and, and I was, is it open? Sorry? Like, is it open and people talk about this shit? Or is this something that's pretty controversial? As a, as a sport about? is
1: growing, yeah. you're more free to talk about it now. Not that it is. It's just, it's a taboo thing. Yeah. Plain and simple, people don't understand it. So like a doctor will say, it's horrible for you. You can't have kids or anything like that. Well, I'm a pro bodybuilder. I had a kid seven months ago. Yeah. Um, and it looks like me, so don't worry about
0: that. (laughs) It doesn't look like Eric, so we're good. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: so, um, yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's taboo because people don't know what it is and it's always had a bad rep of what it is, but you'd be surprised. It's
0: always been seen as cheating. It's always been seen as cheating. Yes. That's
1: that's the other negative. That's the, that's the negative to it. Correct. But I'm sure if there was an untested Olympics, everyone would stop watching the natural Olympics pretty damn quick. Yes. 100%. Hundred percent. Um, so that's that's just how it is. Like anything, right? Everything is safe, everything is dangerous. Mm. Literally everything you do in life, everything there's there's a safe component and a dangerous component. That's yep. the exact same. If you're gonna be using um any kind of performance enhancing drug or drugs in general, I mean I'm sure if you're having a, a packet of panadol every single day.
0: Probably a lot worse for you than what you've
1: done. Fucking way worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, so and people probably pop that. Yeah. You know, sure. so yeah look there there's way worse things out there but you know we, we can get to, get into that if you want but it's it's
0: can more you, so can you talk me through it like well, the first time you've you've gone from natural to pro let's call it that right then what goes through your head you, do you sit there and think actually now I can do this properly I'm going to get fucking huge well that's that, that's that's 99% of everyone yeah I thought it doesn't work Oh really I I came with the the
1: understanding of I don't need this shit, yeah. you know. But I'll do it because if that's what it takes to get to the top, you know, like any top athlete, they'd say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, okay, I'll trust him and, and let's let's do it. Now he never forced me to do anything like that. Yeah. Um, he was just he was gonna guide, a young guy to make sure it's safe, really. And and how do you make it safe? How do you make it safe? Uh, blood tests is, mm-hmm. is is the short answer. Okay. Um, and I would be getting frequent checks. Not frequent, but. Once to twice a year with a hormone specialist and yep. just making sure your levels. Now doctors may not agree with what you're doing, That's but your decision is your. There, there is also a lot of the doctors that are for it. They just can't prescribe it because it's against the law. So they actually know what it actually does, and they realise that it's a very um, uh, low priority drug for what how dangerous it is to your body. Well, I, I guarantee
0: I my mum is on more steroids than what you've ever taken. My mum's five foot two. Mm-hmm. Or, not even that tall. She's five foot. She's like in the late 70s. But because of her arthritis and all the other ailments that old people get, mm-hmm. the amount of roids that she's on is insane. And the actual class of steroids, yeah. right? I take
1: anabolic steroids, but the yeah. actual class of steroids, I guarantee you probably 90 to 95% of people are taking some sort of a of steroid. Are. You know? Like nasal spray is a form of
0: steroid. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You have the nasal spray steroid does that, does, before you does, actually put the other stuff. Does on. that does that make you make you a roid head or what? That well, it makes me a fucking strong nose though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. Like I, it's it's all perception, and that, that's one of the negative things I, I hate about. Well,
1: where where people will say, "Oh, but doctors said this. How come? Why do doctors say it's bad? Because doctors don't learn about it in uni.
0: Because doctors make money off fucking pharmaceuticals.
1: Yeah, well, that's another thing we can go into too. But that's that's the other. Where, where, when we talk about it, right? And we talk about the actual steroids themselves. If I was a doctor and I didn't know anything about them, of course I'd say they're bad. Yeah. Because all around saying they're good and they were bad, mm. well, there goes your fucking medical career. 100%. So I, I get why they're saying it, right? But in reality, for the doctors that actually study it, and the ones that I I work with closely, of course, they will tell you all day every day it's not bad. All those side effects that you hear about, like the roid rage, yep. fucking bullshit. Yeah. Can't have kids? Well, I can prove that's <laughs> fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't have any bad acne. Now I'm losing hair. Yeah, but that's right? just because you're getting older. But my old man lost hair way before me. <laughs> my mum's dad lost hair way before me. My mum's brother lost, lost his hair way before me. So yeah. I'm actually gone pretty good in my family. You're doing all right. Yeah. So it might be the steroids are actually making it grow. It's <laughs>
0: <That's> an actually <Ashley laughs> and Martin dad.
1: <laughs> so um yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things, like and and what happened was when I when I decided to, to gear up and I had the mentality, oh, it's not going to work, not going to work. So I never really walked around with a puffed up ego where everyone else they take it, they get a bit, they put a couple of kilos and they, go, oh yeah, I'm Superman. Yeah, yeah. You know, so for me, I was always thinking, you know, nah, I can do this with hard work, hard work, hard work. You know. Um, but anyway, he he said, look, I want, I got to point you to a, a proper coach. That's where he pointed me towards, John Davy. Mm-hmm. Now he's the owner for Belgium Australia, um, and he took over that role that. Eric kind of he passed the torch on him. So he was he became your new mentor. Yeah, and is he, he big in it? He's fucking massive. Oh. <laughs> he's fifty now. Yeah, um, he's still my size. So he's got legs bigger than me and everything. He's, yeah, yeah he's, he's still still trains hard. Yeah, he still goes hard. You know, but he, he's he's one of my best mates. You know, he's like a he's the father figure for me in the sport. Yeah, he's the one that took me from the beginning and believed in me when no one else did. He's the one that. Um, when we did my first show together, working together, I won the Southern Hemisphere Championships near Australia. And I got paid to go over, um, as a junior to compete in the Mr. Universe in Greece. And I went over and did that and, you know, just going over the experience, I actually won that. So you won Junior Mr. Universe? Yes. And that was after my comebacks. I had the 18 months off with drugs and alcohol and partying and depression. So when I came back and did that, I, I came in my room and I, I held my trophy. Now no Wi Fi, Wi Fi wasn't in your hotel room. Yeah. Facebook, there was no Facebook Messenger. No one can contact you or anything I just put up a Facebook post. That was it. But I remember holding my trophy. and I just broke down to tears and I couldn't stop crying. I I started like hyperventilating because the whole 18 months hit me. I had like that whole flashback, you know. And I realized I can do this, you know, because when I lost that show, I went home and cried. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh. I've realized my dream's over. I'm not good at sport. I never was good at sport. I could have, I could have been good at sport, but I fucked that up. Could have, should have, would have. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when when I had that realization, then I had the the realization of the comeback, I was like, this is what I needed. You know, this is really. And from there, I worked with um, John ever since. And we switched over. We're we'll, we'll working in another federation back then called the NABBA. That was an untested federation. Mm-hmm. But the, the main federation you want to be in, which is the biggest in the world, and the, all, the, all the best bodybuilders compete, Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler and all them, is the IFBB. So I, it's kind of the same thing. If I was going to go on the IFBB, I wanted to prove myself in the NABBA first. So if I can yeah. win a world title in the NABBA,
0: I'll fuck off and do the IPB, which is what I did. Um, and how do you join a federation? Like? Do you get, like, they come after you and say, do you want to come and join here? Or no, do you, you just, just is it like just a membership? In, and then you can in, compete? In,
1: in the amateurs, you can just turn up and do what you want. Mm-hmm. It's when you start winning, like, national titles and stuff, they want you to kind of stick to the one federation. Okay. Um, you know, if your kids right now were playing for the Billy Bears and another AFL team, they wouldn't really care. But you're playing first grade for both, they'd start to get the shits. Yeah, of course. And then when you turn professional like me, then you've got contracts.
0: So when you turn professional, you're turning professional with that foundation. Yes. Yeah. And do they pay you? If you win, yeah. Okay, so it's a win. It's a win contract based. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And is there good money in it? In can you boi- live off it in bodybuilding, anyone at the top can. Yeah. Um, is that mainly around sponsorship and stuff, or is that actually? Yeah. I guess the best way
1: to put it, bodybuilding is a lot like actually like the NRL. Mm-hmm. I guess in the way that. The NRL players, in my opinion, don't get paid enough. Mm. Um, as sports players, I think they should be getting paid more. Um, they probably make more of their money from sponsorships the top, yeah, the course. top guys do. And the guys at the bottom probably have another job while they're working there. Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. So bodybuilding's the same. Okay. To me, bodybuilding, um, because it is a taboo sport, there'll be never big investors that go their money into it because because of the obvious performance enhancers, answers. Yeah. Um, but as I said, the more the sport's growing now, the more people are starting to invest in like The Rock and things like that. They're all jumping on board and promoting their own shows and shit. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, to answer it and a, and a short answer, no, bodybuilding itself, no. But bodybuilding to me though has the most opportunity out of all the sports to make the most money alongside of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Because bodybuilding, although it's a taboo sport, it's a very heavily respected sport by other sports. So maybe not the the mums and the dads watching because they got kind of like a freak, but other sports, so head coaches and things like that, love the mentality of bodybuilders, the way they follow their diet and their training. They're so much more advanced in that area that no one else has even touched. That's mm-hmm. why when I work when I work with other sporting athletes, I go, what the fuck? Where did you ever learn this shit from? You yeah, know? like it's just so behind. Where bodybuilders, because they're their heads so far up their own ass, looking at their, looking at the cells every day. They're on top of their nutrition and training. They're the most advanced out of everyone I work with.
0: But you're also working specific muscles to look the right way. Yeah, so that as a That's performance basis
1: as it? a performance basis, it's it's a it's a cosmetic look. Yeah. But to make it look a certain way, you have to train it a certain way. And there's a lot of different training protocols needed to make it look, look a certain way one of those training protocols might work very well for a powerlifter. Yep. One of those training protocols might work re- really well for an NRL player. Yeah, 100%. You see what I'm saying? Um, a lot of things in rehab and that as well can definitely benefit from the sport of bodybuilding.
0: So to get so big, is it heavyweights or is it reps? What's the what's the sort of key to the muscle definition? A lot of fucking food.
1: Food, is it? <laughs> bodybuilding 70% food. 70%? Wow. 70% food. Yeah. I would say... Five percent of it would be gear, steroids, mm-hmm. um, and when I say five percent, that I don't mean five percent as in quantity. No, no, I, I, what I what I mean sense. is 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 the quality of it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and the remaining what it was Twenty five percent, thirty percent is training.
0: Okay, and okay. is that training? Obviously, it's not cardio. <laughs> no, because to it, me, it, shit, like, is it powerlifting type?
1: It's 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 lifting as much weight as you can for as long as you can. Okay. Powerlifting is low reps. Bodybuilding is repetition. Okay. So you just keep breaking the muscle down, breaking the muscle down, feeding it, resting it, doing the same thing, just repetition, repetition.
0: Whereas powerlifting, you have got nine lifts in a whole tournament, and then that's it. you You yeah. got to do three of each. Yeah. And it's how heavy you. And can and, lift and that. for them,
1: they're progressing towards a certain number, so they want to peak for that day to be at their strongest. Yep. Well, bodybuilding really, you just trying to look for that best look you can possibly look on the day. Which is the lead up for it.
0: So a week out from a bodybuilding comp, are you training? Fuck yeah. And are you training lighter, so to make it leaner, or are you starving yourself? Okay, so so really
1: in bodybuilding, the problem with bodybuilding in the fitness industry is everything contradicts each other. Okay. Everything contradicts each other. Well, I see you follow keto. Yeah. There'll be a lot of people that say keto is completely wrong. Yeah, 100%. Um, A lot of people would tell you using keto that carbs are your worst enemy. When... Me, I'm actually a little bit more biased towards carbohydrates myself, right? I am on Sundays. (laughs) So because I'm a little bit more biased towards carbohydrates, well, I know how to lose body fat by eating predominantly carbohydrates instead of predominantly fat. Okay. You know, does that mean your method's wrong? No. We're just going about about it in a different way. We're still going to achieve the same result. Yeah. You know, so it's... um, with bodybuilding as such, yeah, there's so many different methods and, 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 and ways to say someone is wrong when really maybe they're not necessarily wrong. You're just doing your way
0: different to what Your way, their mind. way, that way. Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about your missus. Where did you meet her? How long have you been together? And she's obviously the mother of your there was baby. There was a fight
1: inside Sin City and between two parties and um, I chased the guy out. You were, you were bouncing at the time? Yeah, chased yeah. the guy out. Um, and I chased him right down the street of Surface Paradise through the to the surface, trying to get him. It got about 200 metres down the road, and really I, I didn't want to run any further. Like, you're, oh, you're not I, really
0: more than a nah. – I'd give you 150, but, yeah, like you <laughs> made it to 200, yeah. <laughs> I made it that far.
1: And then um, I walked back, and this girl walked out from behind the bar who was working, and she said, did you chase my boyfriend in the street? And I said, no, nah, it was some fucking little blonde surfy. Look, he was a little nobody. She goes, was this his shirt that you ripped off? And I said, oh, yeah, that's that's him. <laughs> so that's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Sam. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, nice to meet you. How you her. doing? Um, so anyway, she, um, after that, we kind of just make a joke of it, obviously, because I said, do I apologize? I said, look, I didn't know it was him. Like, if I knew it was one of the staff members' boyfriends, I wouldn't have gone near him. But he was the one causing the most dramas. Yeah. You know? So I always went for the people causing the most yeah, damage, course. right, because you got to shut it down. So, um, yeah, what happened from there, um, they broke up not too long after and we just kind of started talking and then we are just kind of on and off. Obviously, she came out of a long-term breakup, so we're nothing serious. I was doing my thing, um, as you can imagine, playing the field. Yeah. Um, and then it was just kind of like a rebound going wrong. We just kind of started hanging out more and more. Um, and we so never – How many years ago was this? Four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, but really together seriously for two years now. Um. So, yeah, she moved away for a year, a couple of years ago. Then, when she came back, that's when we kind of, you know, started catching up again, started things over. And yeah, what I kind of realized, Brett, we never fight. We never argue. Um, We have disagreements about things, but we always, but we talk. We never, we've never actually had like a, like, fuck you, get out of the fucking house, fucking this. Like, I used to have millions of them with, and I just (laughs) couldn't understand why. And what I realized was she was my best friend. Yeah. Um, So, I said to her, I said, "Look, you know, if if I'm, I want to, I want to settle down. No, i probably a bit ahead of it, but that's what I want to do with you." And um, fast forward two years, here we are,
0: you know. So, so you come home from work one day, and she goes, "Guess what? We're having a baby." I was coming home. I had, an, I, had I had an office at the time.
1: This time last year, and I had an office, and um, a bit before that, actually, but yeah, I had an office space where I was doing consulting out of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was driving home. She goes, "Oh, I get a pregnancy test." I'm like. <laughs> I'm on steroids, so I can't get you pregnant. I I still had that kind of belief in my head, right? I still had that belief. I said that. And, and she and she um she had some problems when she was younger, about eighteen. Um, just some complications where they said you might not be able to get pregnant. Yeah. You, you, you hear those stories all the time. So, you know, it's a little careless, but like really, we weren't doing anything protected. Um and she said, yeah, get a pregnancy test. I'm like, yeah, right. So she came out in the morning, she said, Sam, there's two lines. And I said, see, I told you you're not fucking pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, two lines means I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, oh fuck, that's what it is then. So <laughs> we just had a couple of days to think about it because we wanted to make sure, you know, when people talk about the whole like abortion thing or keeping it or whatever, in my opinion, I think you should only really have a baby if it's going to be brought up in the best environment. Don't just have it for don't the sake of having it because all you're going to do is give it a shit life if, if you two are not in a stable relationship, stable income, stable headspace. So we we actually gave ourselves a couple of days to think about, it. like, is this really going to be what we want to do? You know, because I said to her, I said, if I'm going to have a kid with you, I don't want to break up two years later. Like, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. I want to have a family. Like I've got at home, you know, as yeah, it, yeah. you know, as you try and copy that. So um, we got a few days to think about it. Then we we went ahead and did it. So we just said, yeah, fuck it. Let's let's go for it. it and like um crack. Yeah, and it was what it was. So I don't think you're ever ready. No, you're never ready. You're never like ready. You're never, you're never ever ready. And I, found that I find the people, Brett, that say to me, oh, we're starting to try now. I want to try for a kid or whatever. They never have kids. No. Nah. They're the ones that actually have to go on IVF. No no disrespect to them. Now, my godson came from...
0: IVF, but my it's, mate, it's, They had 11 series of IVF and then told her, fuck, we're not going to do it anymore, and then they had a baby. That's when they fucking <laughs> fall pregnant. Exactly. So
1: because I, I believe this could be a little bit superstitious, but when you're in the right headspace, your relationship is good. Things in life you can't explain, but they just fucking work. What's meant to be is be. Exactly. So that's why I say someone like me, when she was actually conceived, uh, my daughter and I are, was a week after my Arnold Pro Show. Yeah. So if anyone works it out, they go, oh, Arnold Pro Show, if he was doing a bodybuilding show, he was probably taking more steroids then, yeah. right, uh, which means he was definitely infertile. You know, So that's what I say to people. They go, well, she, she was conceived a week after Arnold's. And I know what they're thinking. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it must have all been fake, the stuff I was taking. <laughs> <laughs> someone fucked me over.
0: <laughs> Where is he? How'd you go with Arnold's? Yeah. Did you win it? Nah, no, oh, way. Nah, no way. No, no way. Fake shit. That was
1: the problem. <laughs> the, the Arnold Classic, a quick one. The Arnold Classic Pro Show is like the state of origin of bodybuilding.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent.
1: The Mr Olympia is the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. Yep. You can only get in if you win a pro show. If you get top three at Arnold, you go straight to Mr Olympia. Okay. So I've only ever done Arnold Classics because here in Australia, you kind of get a, a backdoor entry. They want to see some Aussies compete. Yeah, yeah. But if I wanted to go to the Arnold's in America, they wouldn't let me do it. Oh, really? No, nah, no way. No, it's, it's only the top dogs they're allowed to do it. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I, I got seventh, but the top six were all top ten Mr. Olympias. Oh, wow. So, you know, i like must I, make I, you feel pretty good, though. Well, when I was when I was sitting there backstage, I've done it twice now, and, and you see him walk back and you go, these guys are the guys I had in my magazines when I was a kid. Yeah, You know, and you just think, holy shit, you know, like, they're, they're here, and they, they don't know who you are. They don't give a fuck about who you are, but it's more so you're just, like, mesmerized by they're actually there, and you're like, well, I'm actually doing this. And when you walk out- and Arnold Schwarzenegger is fucking sitting there looking at you Have through you the, the crowd. Him? No, I haven't met him. You only you only meet him if you win. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll meet him next year or the year after, probably.
0: Oh, there we go. Ball ball alignment. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, when he's when he's sitting there, you know, staring straight back up at you, you know, it's it's a very intimidating, um, space of time. But you asked for this, and this was my last chance. This was my last thing to say. All right, someone believes in you with a sport now you fucking take it and you go with it and you give everything you possibly can because I never want to be that person later in life says I could have, should have, would have. Now I've put everything into bodybuilding. I can say, you know what? If it finishes for me next year, Brett, Right. If it finishes for next year and it's over, I can say I gave everything I possibly could 100%. into it. You know, it's, and I don't want to live life with any regret. And I think that would be my only regret, my final regret if I missed an opportunity doing what I'm doing now, because this is my true passion and I've loved this more than any other sport. Although I do miss other sports, this has been my my favourite sport by far, and that's why I'm putting everything into it. So I can walk away from it when I do eventually retire from it and say, "Fuck yeah, I gave it a full crack." Whether I win, lose or draw, I can sit there and, and be comfortable and say, "I've given a 100. Because when when I did my first when I did my first um, Arnold Classic show, I got smashed. I got 12 out of 14th. Right, 12 out of 14 guys. My goal was not to come last. So, Achieve, like, yeah, sweet. Stick. Yep. But. When I came out of that show and I, and I got smashed, I was still happy because I put everything into it, and that was the feeling I took with me. I'm like, okay, my career is going to be like this now. Whether I win, lose, a draw, I'm going to put everything into it. These guys are now, when you turn pro, when you, when, you, when you do amateur shows, right, there's always one or two really good guys there that stand out from everyone. Yep. You know, Everyone wins their classes, but there's always that one guy, with fuck, you see that guy? I was obviously that guy coming up through the ranks, right? But when you, when you turn pro, there's fucking 30 of you up there. Mm-hmm. Amazing.
0: And is it that any of those top six could win at any time, or is it always... Yeah. they they're, they're always they're always chop... Like, so, so they're so, chopping and changing? So, like the, so, so the top six was the
1: exact top six for the Arnold Classic in America. Yeah. Just swap placings around. Okay. Like, they're all fucking top notch.
0: Yeah. And so you look at the bloke that won it, right? And then you look at yourself. How much longer or how much harder do you have to work to beat that bloke? It's just time. It's time, is it? Bodybuilding's time. And if so you... Is that all about the muscle growth?
1: Like, when I turned pro... And no, sorry. When I, t- I turned pro at 25, so I was the second youngest person to turn pro in Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I did my first pro show, and I realised, you know, it's just going to be time. I looked at him. and I'm like, I've got great shape. I'm known for having really good shape. You just got to put muscle on it. And yeah. Muscle takes time. You know, it's just a long, it's not long something process. You can speed up. At I realised when I did my first pro show, which was after nine years of bodybuilding competitively, that I was only reaching the halfway point in my career. Okay. So when's your peak? Most guys, when they're peaking for a Mister Olympia and winning a Mister Olympia, is between thirty-five and forty-two, roughly. Okay, you you've know, still got so time. I got yeah, a lot of time to go, but consistent time. You have to be on the fucking money every single day. You know, it's and just what's, like. What's the missus think of this? She made me doing it. Okay, so she meant me. She made me been doing part it, all. Of it. She's been part of it. She trains, she doesn't compete. Um, I would, probably would never date a competitor because mm-hmm. I think if you compete, you're a fucking nutcase. So it yeah. always says a lot about me. You didn't yank, mate, that's yeah. what that is. <laughs> but you need that. You know, I, I, I need that ground and think because I, I love what I do. I love where I work. I love what I do in business. I love how I'm always hunting and seeking opportunities. But when I come home, um, I want someone's love and caring that when I get home, I, I can fuck everything off. Mm. But the most important thing is respect their opinion. So I can go to her about anything, whether it be with bodybuilding or life or a decision I'm going to make. And because she's not biased to anything, I can really trust her judgment.
0: 100%. That means she's a good woman. Yeah. It's been awesome talking to you and I could talk to you all day, but the way I end my podcast is some quick fire questions. You ready? Go. Greatest achievement in life? Having a good baby. Personal or people who've had the biggest influence on your career? John Davey. Favourite food? Steak. Favourite song?
1: Favourite song, fuck. Favourite song, favourite song. Okay, you got me there.
0: Still Dre, Dr. Dre. Favourite place in the world? Gold Coast. What's next for Sam Pierce?
1: There's two things.
0: Yeah. Another baby? Mhm. If
1: she lets you, and win a pro show,
0: another baby and win a pro show. Yeah. In what order?
1: Depends when COVID fucks off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> call my friend.
1: No, my, my my thing is next year already for me is to take. Um, I was speaking to a good mate of mine who's a top pro in the US. He he was one of those top six. Um. This year he was one of the top six this year. Um. And I'm going to go stay with him. But we're talking just last week on the phone. He said, "Look, man, you got to bring the girls over. They'd love it here." So. When I go over there, because I'm going to do a 12 week training camp with him mm-hmm. and then just train under him and, and work with him alongside him. Just training buddies, you know, because uh, we both got the same coach. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'll go over there and I want to take the girls with me. You know, I don't want to be away from the family. I, I know this is what i got to do and all this completely supports me what I'm doing if I was to go away for 12 weeks. But babies change so much in 12 weeks. Oh, 100%. Life changes so much in 12 weeks. If you can travel with them, take them with you. So that's why in business, now I've got the opportunity because shows won't be opening up to go overseas and compete for at least I reckon six to twelve months for yeah. me. For, for me as such, so I've got a lot of time to build build my business to Boot where yourself. I want it to get to. So that way, if I want to work anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, I can. Um, most importantly, have some more freedom and able to take you know if I want to have a few days off or have a week off, I can. To be with the family, I can do that. Um, so really, in this next stage for me, before I look to prep again for a shows to build that business to that stage where. Well, not to live comfortably because I don't think there's ever such thing. If you live comfortably, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but in, in, in a place where I can have more control over my life and what I want to do.
0: So your old man says he wants to die on a ladder. Are you going to die with a barbell in your hand? <laughs> I think I think
1: uh, resistance training is the best thing for anti-aging. Yeah. Strengthening your bones and all that kind of stuff. Actually, on my own podcast, I'm getting a doctor in to talk about that. For elderly people, how they should be doing resistance training over anything.
0: That was a great segue. What's your podcast? Has it got a name yet? The name is called
1: the Untitled Podcast. It's actually called the Untitled. It's, it's called the Untitled Podcast.
0: Well, that's coming soon, hopefully on the Podfire platform. So we're looking forward to that one. Yeah, we we're a few deep so far, but I want to get a few
1: racked up first before I release it. It's um, a, a great idea. So I got some uh, special guests coming in, like you do yourself, um, but more so on the entrepreneurial level, and bodybuilding fitness level and what I kind of do from there is I kind of show that to be a top entrepreneur or a top bodybuilder requires both the exact same mindset 100% so that's why I, I try to teach people that bodybuilding is a lifestyle um, and if you apply it to your lifestyle and whatever else you're doing you will succeed you know, so accountability hard work and structure
0: there's hope for me yet fucking hope there is <laughs> Mate, I really enjoyed the, the transparency, the candidacy, and I, I really think that you're a big man going somewhere in life, and I'm really proud of you. And, mate, you're an awesome human. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Brett. Anytime. Cheers, buddy. What an amazing human. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you enjoy the rest of the PodFire podcasts, and I really hope that you enjoyed Awesome Humans. Reach out to us on PodFire and all the social media channels, as well as BJ Macker. Uh, to reach out to me personally. Have a great day.